Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Retrospectives. I'm your host, Kel Smith. Uh, today I am bringing you a very special episode in that uh, the Slasher Movie Podcast Now guy uh, co-host, uh, Michael uh, Benton, joined me this week uh, to do a Tremors episode, um, and it was great fun, a lot of energy. We talked a little bit more about 80s comedies on this episode than you know the actual movie um which is not a detriment to tremors tremors is a very very good movie and a very good uh uh, just a fun movie we just didn't go through the sequels and whatnot we might save that for later because i really didn't have time to dive into the five sequels in the tv show so yeah um this is that episode um as far as the regular podcasting episodes are concerned uh we are going to continue doing those uh david and i will come back um we want to do uh one night in miami next but we might end up doing the little things with it we might be doing a combo we never got to marini's uh black bottom so we'll just see for now um but for now Enjoy our retrospective on Tremors, the movie. Welcome to the Youth Critic Retrospective on the Youth Critic Network. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Could be doing it. Is that a snake? I'll give you boy five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. Yeah, well, the four K thing is, it comes with its own, like you know, four K special editions, like documentaries and stuff. The problem is, it because it's from London, there is a Blu-ray special features, but you know, it only. But you can't play Blu-ray um, Region B stuff here unless you have like a Region Free player. So I need to get one of those in order to play some of my Region B stuff. So, but yeah. But that's like the Ultra HD version. I recommend the Arrow video thing. And that was not an ad at all. I mean it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so but yeah. So Michael, um, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm Michael uh, Benton. I am a uh, filmmaker, a podcaster, a host of a Slasher Movie Podcast Now on uh, anywhere you get your podcast. And uh, we just talk about slash movies of yesteryear. Uh, and uh, we joke around. We're a couple of goofs. And uh, I make films in the Atlanta area with uh, my best friend and co-director Alejandro Espinoza. 
And other than that, I, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I hang out and I'm just waiting for the pandemic to end. And when that's not when in a pandemic free world, I'm Mr. Man about town. I see movies. I go to the mall. I hug people. I stay indoors with multiple people for hours on end without even questioning who they are or where they've been. And uh, as for now, I'm just sort of, you know, just hunkering down and hanging out until I get that, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that vaccine that Fauci mm-hmm. created that uh, shoots uh, small little cameras into your blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Already. It's not even day one of Biden's and we're already with the- <laughs> We're, we're not a, oh my God, already. I, I would like to say I am kidding. Oh, of course, of course. We're kidding here as well. We um, around. We're jokers. Although although the people that would listen and not think that was fun, not we were kidding, they already left. They already, they already. Oh, well, then let them bounce. Gosh. If they yeah. can't take a fucking joke, you can't say anything anymore, Kale. These damn, these evil libtards. No, I'm kidding. Oh yeah, well, okay. Well, let's get on track a little bit. So, I was talking a little bit about tremors. Um, well, Michael, what do you know about tremors? What do I know about tremors? When I was see, this came out in 1990. Was it 1990? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so I was born in '87, and so as far back as I can remember, I've always, uh, I've, I've always wanted to be a gangster, and I've always watched tremors. Tremors is one of my all-time favorite movies. You texted me a couple weeks ago asking me if I wanted to do some other movie, and I, for one reason or another, it didn't happen. And then I texted you back a couple days ago, and I was like, hey, what other movies do you have coming up? And you said, well, I'm looking at doing this movie. I'm looking at covering this movie. I'm also looking at covering Tremors. And I was like, Tremors is one of my all-time favorite movies. I grew up with that movie. I've seen it a hundred times all the way through. I own it on DVD, own it on Blu-ray. I have a digital copy on like my, you know, smart TV or whatever. Absolutely. What do I know about Tremors? Tremors is, it's even big in my house. Like I talked to my dad on the phone four nights ago and Tremors got brought up because we were talking about Fred Ward. Fred Ward is one of my all-time favorite character actors of the 80s and 90s. Uh, he was in The Player by Robert Altman. He was particularly great in the opening sequence. Uh, and Kevin, I mean, Kay Bakes, who doesn't love Kay Bakes? The Six you Degrees know. of Kevin Bacon. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I want all of those degrees. Give me six degree burns of Kevin Bacon is how much I love him. Ooh, like really burned. One of the ways I knew I was uh, gay was I'm a huge slash movie fan. As I just said, I co-host a slash movie podcast. And when I was a kid, watching the original Friday the 13th, there is a scene where they're all hanging out at the lake and Kevin Bacon and Speedo, I was like, get, oh my God. You know what I mean? I was losing my mind. I love Kevin Bacon. I I don't know, man. I just really like Tremors is everything to me. It's so, it's, it's got genuinely good scares in it. It's a great monster movie, but it's also just a really sweet movie. It's like putting on like, like your dad's old jacket or something like you just like get sense memory of like like just like i remember being six and eating uh mcnuggets sitting uh you know crisscross applesauce on the carpet watching it you know what i mean like i really i adore this movie man i go way back with it i love it 
what I think, so what I love about Tremors uh, as a movie um, and what I loved about it as a kid, because I discovered this through Sci-Fi Channel back in when it was actually called Sci-Fi Channel, not that Sci-Fi Wire or whatever it is yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I watched it through Sci-Fi and I watched the TV show too. Like that was my introduction to <laughs> Tremors. Um, I have not seen it since I was a kid, so, and I don't know, a lot of people tell me it's still good, um, I saw some clips of it earlier today, and it's like, ooh, yeah, but I can, it's very much a sci-fi production, yeah, um, but, but, it, so take that as you will, um, but I, I mean, I, I, I remember liking it, I, I think what I liked about Tremors and the whole mythology of it all is uh, Burt Gummer, uh, played by Michael Gross, and and he's easily kind of like the the prototype Daryl of like if like I don't think Daryl would exist without Michael Gro without Michael Gross's performance as Burt. Wait, who's Daryl? Daryl from Walking Dead. Oh, okay, that was a show I never got into actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a zombie show that combines okay. the structure All right. of a... It's All right, a smart ass. I know what it is. <laughs> Come on. I was alive on Earth. I just I just didn't see it for some reason or another. Which is funny because I'm a zombie fan, but I know what the hell it is, Kale. But Bert just Gummer... Watch the, yeah. Just Bert watch Gummer the... Is, yeah, go Bert, ahead. Okay. Well, Bert Gummer is so fucking good. His relationship with Reba McIntyre is... It's at turns, it's it's very sweet. I get, I actually believe that they are a couple who love each other and are both, like Burt Gummer would be totally fine right now. He's just out there in the desert, pandemic, fine. He's wearing a full body suit. He's got every gun you could ever imagine to shoot a virus to death. <laughs> like he's. I think the only thing he would be mad at is that the Atlanta Hawks games would be canceled because he oh, has an Atlanta I, Hawks. I, I, I love his hat. I love here's the thing. Um, I'm old enough to remember that there was a show called Family Ties, right? Mm -hmm. And that he was the dad on it, and that of course Michael J. Fox got his start from that playing Alex P. Keaton. The he was the rebellious son, and the way he rebelled was by being a young conservative, a, a Reagan conservative. It's it was it was supposed to be great. Uh, the show, you know, not Reagan. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I'm old enough to remember that, but I do not in any way remember what I. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of it, but I know who Michael Gross is because of that and Tremors. But I think the reason I watched this so much when I was a kid was Kevin Bacon was in another movie around this time that I loved called Flatliners. Did you ever see that? Uh, no, but I, I've heard of Jill Schumacher. I know, I know Jill Schumacher made it with Julia Roberts, Keith Sutherland, um, Oliver Platt, maybe. Yeah, it was a huge movie, or it was a movie with a lot of up-and-coming talented actors. Yeah, it was a big um, deal, I think, I mean, I think. Yeah, and it, and it did get remade, so it must have been popular for some reason. Yeah, with, uh, Elliot, um. Elliot Page, yeah. Elliot Page, thank you. Yeah, I, I didn't see the remake, but I saw the uh, the original bunch and I loved it. Again, it could be absolutely stupid. Look, most Joel Schumacher movies suck. 
no, don't you? No, they do. Okay, except for falling down. Name me one Joel Schumacher that's good. Phone booth. Phone booth. Phone booth is good. Phone booth is good. Well, okay, name me um, one more besides those two. You know, I don't hate Batman. I don't hate Batman Forever. I don't hate it. You know, I don't hate that one. I hate Batman and Robin though. It's got one great moment in it that what? it's the Plastic moment where they're immune to your charms. Is that part? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a moment between Alfred and Bruce in uh, Batman and Robin where they talk about. I'm paraphrasing, but they talk about like how Batman is unwilling, unable to control the power of death and the power, you know, or, or the uncontrollability of that power the death has and that's always been batman's mission and i'm paraphrasing the whole thing but it's basically about that and it's a great batman moment stuck in a movie stuck in a 125 million dollar car uh, toy commercial okay yeah sure sure okay Um, Okay. but it's a i don't hate i don't hate joe schumacher as a filmmaker or any of his movies i just like a lot of his movies, there's a lot you can kind of trace. There's a much better film. There's a much better movie to them. Like, you know, like The Lost Boys, you can kind of trace, you know, that Near Dark is better. Near Dark is a much better vampire, gothic, you know, hangout movie. Sure, sure. Um, but but that's beside the point. I, I, I have not seen Flatliners. I probably should because uh, someone mentioned it a while ago and said it was good. So I really probably should check it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, your Kevin Bacon obsession. You also saw? Did you also see um, uh, Apollo Eleven? Apollo Eleven? Oh, thirteen. Sorry, Apollo. Yeah, 13. Okay. I was gonna say Apollo Eleven is the one that worked out. Um, <laughs> Apollo thirteen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he was great in that. Yeah, yeah. Bill Paxton and Tom Hanks. That's a great movie. Ed Harris, obviously. Obviously, uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Oh man, I never know what to make of Gary Sinise because he always kind of looks. He's he just... looks like he's about to rip your head off, but he's sm- but he's happy to do it. Yeah, yeah, he's always got that. I'm just kind of grimacing. I'm Gary Sinise, you know. He's kind of got that thing, you know. I mean, I, look, I love Lieutenant Dan, but uh, you oh know, yeah, who doesn't? But uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. I, do you remember Hollow Man? Is that the one where he's naked all around that movie? Yes, it's 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 basically the Invisible Man, but it's updated where you know it's, it's it's just got a bunch of early cg well early you know like late 90s cgi effects i don't even remember if it was good it has a great fucking joke in it but uh well i mean it's got uh paul verhoeven directing it so of course did there's paul verhoeven direct that he did that was one of his last oh american movies such a shame because paul verhoeven i really love paul verhoeven movies i do too but um He's kind of a, he's kind of a, uh, a weird guy. We'll just say that he's kind of a weird guy. Well, I'm sure he's he's fucking Dutch or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you know, going back to Tremors, do you know anything about the production or any of that stuff uh, before we get into like the plot and stuff about the movie? 
Uh, no, I don't think I do. I, I no. I guess it could be a moment for me to learn. No, I don't think I do. Um. Okay. So I, what I know about the pro production is so SS or Steve Wilson, uh, the co-creator of this whole franchise, and basically kind of like the showrunner of this whole thing. Uh, he came up with the idea because he was in the art. He was like an art in the Army Reserve in Arizona, and he would just like sit on rocks. You know, he would sit on a rock for his patrol one time, and he just imagined one day, what if there was something in the ground just like chasing around me, like a shark or a, you know, something like that. And so that's where the idea of Tremors came from. And then really? him, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's him just, you know, imagining being on this rock and kind of letting his imagination play with him. And he just imagined, you know, what if there was a creature under the rock, you know, trying to, you know, eat him. That's amazing. And uh, and then him and his uh, screenwriting partner, Brett um, Mordek, Mordek, uh, Mordek uh, came up, they did the Short Circuit series together. Uh, oh my God. Yes, they wrote those. Did they, oh, they wrote, they wrote shorts. Did they write it to where the Indian character was played Maybe. a white guy? Maybe. Do you remember this? That is horrifying to look at now. Um, no, I did not see Short Circuit. I'm not a huge fan of uh, John. Uh, was his name John Badham? Badham, Badham. I always said Badham because I was a little kid. But yeah, I'm not really a big fan of his movies. Uh, like, or what I've seen of his movies have not really impressed me. No, hold on. Sorry. Let me let me check something out here. If you bring up Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Fever. I will not, but I will absolutely go to bat over War Games. I have not seen War Games. Wait a minute. Did he also direct Stakeout? Oh, Kale, have you never seen Stakeout? Um, oh, uh, dude, we... Stakeout is a great movie, man. It's a great buddy is cop it? from the late... Yes, it... have you... Yes, believe me, it legitimately is. I did a podcast on it. Did you not like it? I don't like it. Neither of them. Like, why, why? Just real quick, just please. Why? 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 Um, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the idea of, you know, you the scene. What? Of two guys, two horny guys watching a woman across the street. Yeah, I'm not really comfortable okay. with that. Maybe that's no. my 2021 uh, in me. I'm with you. I'm not, hey, I, I am not defending the two male cops with mustaches just sitting there watching a woman slowly undress without her knowledge i agree with you and then being like i yeah and then be like i love my job i love my job i love my job <laughs> okay but i look i look i i i, I hear you i'm not yeah i don't know man that's not some hill i'm gonna die on but it's a fun movie if you look at it like, oh, this is from 35 years ago, then it's a lot of fun. It also does a good job of showing what Seattle looks like. I don't know why. I just thought that was a, I think I'm not from Seattle. Oh, yeah. Some of the Washington landscapes and uh, another steakhouse, another steakout looked really good. This like, motherfucker shitting on steakout and then he's praising another steakout. What? Uh, hey, I'm trying to find diamonds in the rough. 
here. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. If, I actually did a podcast on it about two years, like two, three years ago. Because I, I was. Why like, wasn't I invited? I want to be. Invited. I didn't know you liked that movie. <laughs> Look, if it's a movie from longer than fifteen years ago, text me first. I'm telling you, I, I especially. This was an 80s movie stakeout, but if it's from 1990 to 2000, I know almost every one of those movies. I told you this. My mom took me to the movie theater two to three times every weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when I was a kid. I've seen everything. I've seen Dr. T and the Women. I've seen The Hurricane. I've seen Excess Baggage, Kale. I've seen all the movies. Ask me, you know? Yeah, so yeah, and then that's, so you're also going to be, you know, mind blown when I say I did a weekend at Bernie's podcast. Well, actually, weekend at Bernie's, I have never really cared for that movie. Me except, neither. Except for one thing. Andrew McCarthy in the 80s. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was so cute with his fucking hair. I mean, to be honest, I've spent my entire adult life trying to be Andrew McCarthy and, and fucking... I'm serious. In fucking no, uh, no, it's just funny. Weekend at Bernie's. I love Andrew McCarthy so much. Andrew Silverman couldn't give a fuck, but Andrew McCarthy or the or Justin Silverman, I think, is his name. I think it's Jonathan. But you go ahead. You just man, you should just hold on to your your memory is so damn good. You're sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. It's but, it's for uh, useless information. It's not. These are movies. You love movies. You're a you're a youth critic of film. You know, it's good that you remember names. You know, I, I always forget. You know, uh-huh. I, seriously, I'm impressed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I didn't really like either of the those franchises. Um, I think Weekend at Bernie's Two is kind of interesting because it's <laughs> it's a they're bringing a dead bot they're making a dead body walk through Jamaican music. That's kind of funny. That was me. yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's funny. I hate to be the woke one here, but isn't it kind of fucked up that they were oh, like, hey, they have their up. magical islander magic that can wake this dead body up? I remember even as a kid being like, because I knew Jamaicans growing up uh in atlanta and i remember being like that's jamaicans don't make dead people dance <laughs> oh i know it's very fucked up um and it's even more fucked up to be like and then this doctor which doctor is gonna is gonna turn these two people into goats yeah it's very <laughs> fucked up I forgot about that um yeah yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, that Weekend at Bernie's 2 is a very fucked up movie, made probably made by a bunch of a guy on cocaine. We allegedly, allegedly, I would say every movie made in the 80s and 90s or 90s, early 90s. I feel like 90s at that point, it was mainly like back pain meds, <laughs> you know, so like, like it in. <laughs> Yeah, all these guys were in their 40s and 50s now, and they were just like, ah, son of a bad to quit the coke, my heart, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But like late 70s, Scorsese with a gun in his mouth, all the way to late 80s, John Hughes was just coked out madness. I mean, you had to be if you're going to turn out a script a weekend. Yeah, no shit, man. God damn. God damn. It's like the writers back in the 30s who, uh, got paid a penny a word so they would just take crank and just type an entire book yeah that's how l ron hubbard got his start 
Oh, that explains so much. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's, uh, did you know that L. Ron Hubbard is the single most published author, or he has the most published novels of any author ever? Because what he would do is, uh, uh, Harlan Ellison actually shared a, um, I think they lived on the same floor of some like ratty hotel in Los Angeles in the 30s and 40s. And uh, he said that Elron would just gobble speed and he would just crank out a novel on a weekend. Just crank it out. Golly, can you imagine? No, I really can't. That's just how these guys were, though. They were just fucking psychos, dude. Like, you know, nowadays, like, you know, I, you know, I can't even like take a hit of pot and write a script. I'll just wind up watching The Simpsons on Disney Plus all night. I'll just end up, you know, I'll be really bad and try and get coffee in me at night and try uh, and do something. And I'll be like, you know, I think there's a new episode of WandaVision or a new episode good. of this. Is WandaVision good? I really like it. Do you like sit, um, sitcoms? Uh, oh, man. No, I don't actually. Not really. Is it like with a laugh track type stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, no, not really. Not they much. actually recorded a laugh track uh, for the first two, or at least first few episodes with like a, a live audience. I don't normally, again, I, I'm, uh, I don't know if this makes sense, but you're 26 now? Yes. Right. Okay. So when you were coming up, there probably weren't as many sitcoms with the laugh track, right? It's when they started transitioning over to like the three camera thing or single cam, excuse me. Uh, I mean, no, I watched Seinfeld and, um, I'll take it back. Okay. Okay. Um, Seinfeld was when I was young, really young, I watched friends. Like my mom was a huge friends fan. Oh, my mom too. My mom loved friends, especially, you know, I didn't like friends, but I'll tell you this. Lisa Kudrow is one of the funniest people who's ever lived. So underrated. She needs to be like a movie oh. star. Oh no. She I'm, needs I'm to not... have that Jennifer Aniston. She star really, on. she really does dude, because she also, she, she has a vulnerability about her that you don't see from a lot of, uh, a lot of actors and hmm. that she's able to, I've never seen an actor so willing to be like this. You know what? This scene, I look kind of stupid and I'm going to lean into that. That's so fucking cool. And I'm reading a book right now written by William Goldman in the 80s called Adventures in the Screen Trade. Right. William Goldman was the writer of, you know, uh, 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 Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy. Um, Bride, Spy, yeah. Men, Misery. Kind of I Did think he, he wrote the script. I think oh, he wrote the script for Misery. Oh, that makes so much sense because that, that is such a fantastic script. Anyways, he was talking about, in that book, he was talking about uh, the difference between a great movie star and a great character actor. And he used the example, some example involving Robert Duvall to explain that movie stars want to look cool. Movie stars want to look smart and heroic, brave. Character actors are totally okay with, you know, is this a juicy part? I don't care if I look stupid or if I look like the bad guy or if I look uh, immoral. Or... Is this an interesting part? Yeah. Is this something that has like juice and substance? I'm not just a walk-on, you know, day player. Yeah, and you know what? To tie it back to Tremors, that's something I've always really admired about Fred Ward. Fred Ward is like, he has this, I don't know where he's from. I would imagine it's the Southwest somewhere because he seems like he has like a, 
like a nervy Texan energy to him, doesn't he? He's from San Diego, California. I could see it being, but he's an old guy, so it's probably from back when they still had the the oil rigs and shit everywhere. He probably rode a horse to school, you know. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I'm looking up his, uh, I'm looking up Wikipedia. Um, he's part of a Cherokee descent. Uh, he spent three years in the Air Force. He's been a boxer. He he's, worked as a lumberjack in Alaska. Janet, he's. This is a yeah. lot. This is a life right here. This is fantastic. When you hear somebody did all of that. He also lived in Rome. He dubbed uh, Italian films into English. What? That is so cool, dude. That's like, have you ever looked up Wikipedia John Houston and you will see somebody who also, like, he like, he like went to Mexico to fight for the Mexican, like, liberation. He... This is John Houston. He, he, he like moved to Paris for a couple of years and he was like a street painter, you know, kind of like fucking uh, Gene Kelly and an American in Paris. Like this dude lived a whole life. And then at 40, he was like, you know what? I'm going to go see what's up with these pictures, you know? And then he just like became one of the great directors. Uh, dude, Fred Ward, I, I knew that there was something extra special about him. And that is so cool to know that. Whereas K-Bakes, is just like this tough as nails Philadelphia guy who good looking again, kind of a wiry dude, especially in this man is Valentine. Oh my God. Like my favorite line probably ever is, uh, is uh, legs that go all the way up when he's talking about, he's describing what this beautiful woman's going to look like. And they get there and She's just a student geologist who's like not trying to dress sexy. I who is she? What's her name again? Uh, Rhonda. Rhonda is the character's name. And right. what's the actress's uh, name? Finn Carter. She is so good in this, by the way. She is every well. To be fair, everyone's really good in this. Like, there's not a bad egg in this. Well, who's your favorite character? Or is it? Or am I moving too soon? Well, uh, yeah. um, my well, I mean, my favorite characters are basically, you know, Bert and his wife, uh, Heather, and yeah. but you know, I really love the. I kind of like that dyna- that romance that uh, Val and Earl have. Um, yeah. And I love yeah. Rhonda, like just how like she's just smart and. Yeah. You know, she like she she has her own agency, you know, within her. But it's not like, but it's not like calling attention to. It's it's very much she is a character just as much as everyone else here. It's also cool to see Victor Wong in this. Uh, Victor Wong, Victor- okay. Can we can we hang out there for a second? Okay, we can hang out here. Victor Wong is one of my all time i love him so much he's mr chang and mm-hmm. i mean he's the one who names him i say we call him graboids you know he's just so everybody it's such a great slice of life film in that it they did a really good job with each person is an individual they're unique you know what I mean? They, 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 they leave their stamp on there. They leave all the fucking blood on the floor by the time they're done with their performances. And uh, I mean, personally, I love him in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Which oh, that- yeah, that's, where, that's why I like him. He's from Big Trouble Little China. He's great in that. 
okay what i am a i'm as you know and i'm sure i've talked about it on the podcast before huge john carpenter fan like of course i i adore the man he's one of he's he's the director i look to when alejandro and i are making films i think alejandro is uh he loves john carpenter but i think he goes to scorsese and uh Kubrick. and argento oh we love no he doesn't go to Fulci. he no no i'm he, kidding i think me and him both have a big big love for argento not for suspiria though suspiria is fine suspiria is really cool got a good remake Go to the movie before Suspiria in his filmography, Deep Red Profondo Rosso. That movie is so damn fun. Kale, you'd love it. You'd love it to pay. Have you ever seen it? No, I. Oh my it, God. It showed up in the Arrow collection, um, but oh, I've never you, seen it. Kale, uh, hold on. Hold on. We're doing Deep Red coming up on the podcast, and I know we're in the middle of your podcast, but I'd like to invite you on. Watch Deep Red. Guarantee you will love that movie. Or, or, or that you'll at least find it really interesting. Is this a crossover? Like, are we doing, like, one of those, like, where, you know, one, like, sitcom, you know, comes into another sitcom? Sure, like when, uh, 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 you know... Uh, you know, like, what... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a cross. Yeah, a crossover event. This is like when the Simpsons crossover with Family Guy, and people were like, "Okay." <laughs> it's almost like we're in a shared universe or something. Absolutely. <laughs> we are, man. We're all one. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot mm -hmm. recently. You know, but uh, yes, um, I think that would be a lot of fun. But anyways, um, John Carpenter, I love him so much. Having said that, love it. I'm trying to collect his movies too. You, you absolutely should. Big Trouble in Little China. Get this. I didn't actually see that all the way through until about a year and a half ago. I just never tried it, and I don't know why. I watched it with, uh, for, uh, with Philip, my co-host for originally Action Movie Podcast now. And I watched it one morning, and then I watched it three more times that day because it it's so fun. It's so, 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 so fun. And, uh, and, uh, Victor Wong is so goddamn good in that movie. He is. And he only comes in halfway through that film, but still it's fantastic. He's a blast. He's a blast. And he's really good in this. He's really, we call him graboids. He is. He, I mean, he's really great in it. And I, but I only know him from this and uh, Big China, and then or not Big China, Big Trouble, and uh, Big China. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, but is, uh, oh my God, he was in Three Prince Ninjas. Did you ever well, see Three Ninjas? I probably did as a kid. I just don't remember. Oh, it's so. I don't know if it's good, but he played Grandpa when I was a little kid. Uh, I was I was a little chubby little kid, and my brother and and our neighborhood friends used to call me. Uh, uh, what the fuck did they call me? Was it Jelly Bean? What the hell did they name that fucking? It wasn't thing? Chuck, right? Or Chuck? No, it wasn't Chuck. Oh, from fucking uh, uh, Goonies. Uh, Goonies? No, no, I wasn't. No, that was more like when I was a teenager and I really beefed up. No, they called me Tum Tum. They called me Tum Tum. That was uh. 
They called me Tom okay. Tom. That was just like the little, was the little chubby kid who was following him around, you know. And they named me that after uh, Three Ninjas, which again, I don't, I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's not that great as a movie movie, but as a kid, god damn, dude, that movie. I think that was directed by John Turtletob, who did a uh, what? Make yeah, it is directed by John Turtletob. He and... did a uh, National Treasure. Uh, he did the Meg. Yeah, Cool Runnings. Meg, one... uh, we have a bobsled team. <laughs> Yeah, he did uh, uh, The Meg, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, he did that Ew, weird... He did, he what? Did phenomenon. Ugh. Yeah, it's not a great filmography, but, you know, hey. Hey, he also did While You Were Sleeping. While You Were Sleeping, I told you I know every 90s movie. While You oh, Were goodness. Sleeping is fucking garbage. It's with Sandra Bullock, cute as a button, it's mid nineties. I think it's nineteen ninety. Hold on, I'm gonna guess right now before looking back at the page. That movie came out in nineteen ninety six. Damn it, it's a ninety five. Oh, I was about to correct you. Oh, they get so well. I can get those confused. But um, she pretends that she's married or in a relationship with a guy who's in a coma. Yeah, Peter Gallagher. Yeah, right? and then she falls. Yeah, Bill Pullman's brother in the movie, and uh, then falls in love with bill pullman and then bill paul and then john then gallagher gallagher and then peter gallagher wakes up gallagher that would have been amazing but then peter gallagher wakes up finds out that he's like you're not i'm not i don't know you and everybody's like what the fuck and bill pullman's like i trusted you i'm the president and we're fighting aliens you know and then they have a big thing i get my movies mixed up but yeah then, really they team up at the end and Sandra Bullock and, uh, you know, the, the crazy redneck just fly that plane straight into the middle of the fucking, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> and then Sandra Bullock gets on a bus and she has to drive it with Keanu Reeves, who she yeah, also, she, in it, who also inevitably falls in love with. Every, how could you not fall in love with Sandra Bullock? I mean, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a smoke show, bro. She really is great. She was, she's one of the great 90s characters. That, well, she's been a great character actress. So, you know what? I think the mistake that happened with her in the 90s is people didn't realize she's a character actor. So they put her as just the cute girl or Annie, the nervous chick on the bus in Speed. And she's great in those movies. But then, her career kind of leveled off in the 2000s. And then she was like, no, I'm going to prove I'm a fucking character actor. And she started doing like, uh, what's the football movie? Where the she Blind did? Side. The Blind Side. And then obviously Gravity and all this stuff. And now people are like, she's, or, or even that one Bird Box, which kind of overrated, but she was really good in it. Like she's doing stuff. And I really respect her. Whereas if you'd asked me in 2005, I would have been like, Sandra Bullock, she's yesterday's news, Mo. She's, you know, she's curdled milk. I would have been dead wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I really, yeah. I really liked, you know, she would have been really good in Tremors. She would, oh my God. Okay, look, if we're talking about recasting, yeah, she would have been awesome. She would have been great, dude. She would have been really good as the Kevin Bacon character. <laughs> Oh, we're doing a gender swap. Okay. And then the geologist. The geologist could be played by um Christopher Lloyd. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. Yeah, sure, Kale. Christopher Lloyd. No, I can do better. Okay, no, I can do we can do better. We have to see these two kiss at the end. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it could be Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Oh my God. That would have been so hot. I would totally like to be a fly on the wall to watch those two have sex. Sorry. Sandra, I... Sandra and Michael. What? Oh my God. Michael or J. Michael Fox. and Fred Ward. Cap- Jesus, that would have been something. <laughs> I feel like Fred Ward would have just destroyed that young twink body, bro. <laughs> oh my God. I... Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cowboy, dude. <laughs> Um, Sorry, go on. Now. Let's get back to the movie because now I'm uh, salivating. You know, no. So, did you know that girl from Jurassic Park is in this movie? The little girl uh, counting, uh, counting the, uh, counting the. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't. But the second you said it, I immediately knew what you were saying. Yeah. So, and I really so, and that's what I kind of like about this movie is how they go back to the town, and it's it's just a small town. It really is like 14 people and which is great screenwriting because you can kind of contain everything in one location or one central place with all these locals but still have suspense because you got because you got the kids you got you know or the kid and then melvin and then the older people and then you got the one like guy that lives in the trailer um and then you have i mean you and then you have Miss Chang with his supermarket and, or Bulk's duty-free shop. And, and then you have, you know, the Gomer. I mean, it's just like all around, like you feel this town is lived in and you feel like everyone, you know, has their, you know, likes and don't likes, you know, with everyone, you know, it's just a really interesting. And then the whole movie kind of kicks off when we see like one of the guy and the you know on the the pole holding a rifle and he's dead because he just stood up there or stuck up there. yeah yeah i know i know that's I mean, chilling what the hell is going on like when they find the uh the dirt farmer uh what's his name the sheep farmer what was his name um i'll look real quick but keep, keep going i love I love when they just see his head on the ground, they lift it up and just, ah, you just see his dead screaming face. God, that's so scary. It is. It's, and um, I never found. Or the town doctor being killed. Oh my God, that's fucked up. That is so fucking crazy. That scene is so damn good and when they show up and they're just like well where the hell are they? and Who's and then he tries like and he tries to hold on to the the wood and it just breaks i know and and there's a way where you can see that scene handled slightly differently and it's and it would probably look corny yet the way it's done is just perfect and the acting that 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 couple is that the actors are doing in that scene where the doctor is just help he's just screaming and it sounds so real and so panicked so scared and she's just like digging into the dirt and then that little weird snake head with like the little spikes on top just pops up and she's oh my god i love dude i put that on the other night i just i felt like i was just you know i was just as snug as a bug in a rug watching it because there's another magical thing this movie does so well is it has that b movie we're having fun quality to it it's not trying to be overly serious it's not trying to be 
um, anything more than just a fun premise. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So like the scary scenes, they definitely land, but it's also punctuated by these scenes of just straight up goofiness, like the beginning where, you know, the two of them are just, they're sick and tired. They're stuck in a rut in this small town. They won out and then they just can't get out of this town. It's the day that the town is about to be basically, you know, dug from under by these evil monsters. And I, I don't know. I just, I love the interplay between the two main characters. Like you were saying earlier, it's just, it's so much, it's such a blast to watch this movie. It's a blast. And it's because it, it really is like a comedy it, or it's like a stage comedy you know, at multiple points in this movie. And, you know, and everyone has their own banter, their chemistry. I mean, and as gruesome as like the kills, like the doctor or the farmer, um, you know, as gruesome as they are, even Chang gets a really brutal death. Really um, They're digging into his back and pulling him down, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things I just discovered on, so Arrow had this like, you know, anatomy poster of like the Graboid and yeah. uh, what I discovered is they, the grabbers, the little snake things, they have venom sacks. So if they bite you, it's like, you know, you're getting venom in you. So it's oh, making it's like, you weaker. Oh, it's like some sort of paralyzing agent or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my. So goodness. I mean, if you just think about that, I mean, it really is just a messed, up, a really fucked up way to go, and to get you know then bit and then just get sucked in you know by the graboid, which that is a great name for the this creature, uh, the graboid, and they came you know, up. With, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Well, it's just it's it is one of those names that. It almost sounds, I mean, again, it sounds goofy, but it just, the, the tone of the movie is such a great balance between spooky, scary, you know, and just kind of, we're just having fun. And Graboid is a great name. Yeah, that's, I was just, you know, I agree with you. I think that's a great name. It's, yeah, and it just all, it all, like, this script goes so perfectly and it marries so well with Ron Underwood, who came up with came up from like doing like little kids educational programs. Like really? that was kind of his start. Mm. And the one thing I do know about this movie is that Ron Underwood kind of started out as like, you know, a director of like kid educational shows. And then they were trying to find something the, you know, Steve and uh, Brett, the writers and producers of this because they had such success on short circuit, they kind of had some credibility behind them. They were trying to get Ron under Ron to direct something. And the only thing they could come up with was a horror movie. Um, right. So this was their answer to a horror film. And so combining Ron's sensibilities with what, it, you know, being like a kid filmmaker or you know, children's film filmmaker, and then this horror sensibility, it, it all works. Like you, and also it was a smart decision for them to hire character actors and also a smart decision to use every trick in the book. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the credits, but they had Gail and Hurd. Gail and Hurd, when I saw that name, I, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Terminator fan, dude. Mm -hmm. So I so, know Gail and Hurd, she's big to me. 
And the reason that is is because she called all of the people that worked on Alien and Terminator with her and James Cameron, and they got them to do the effects for this movie. That's why the effects are so damn good. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. They got, yeah. I, I also think the... To go back to the, uh, the the choice of director here, the movie kind of has like, you know, going with somebody who's a, who started out in children's- Educational you know, films. Yeah, yeah, and then going with the horror angle, it kind of gives it a Joe Dante kind of gremlins feel to it that it's it's scary, but it's also <clears throat> just, it's, it's funny as hell. Does that make sense? Right. But it's also not so super tongue-in-cheek. No, 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 no. And I certainly don't mean the second batch. I mean more like, the yes, I know what you mean. Because Joe Dante, again, he's coming from 1950s pulp horror. But I mean, like, it still has that, like, a load of playfulness to it mm-hmm. that just makes it goddamn adorable. It makes the, you know what I'm going to say? The movie's adorable. It is. The grabbers are so adorable. No, I just mean it's like I'm kidding. Know, it's, it's like I know, going, yeah. You know, it's like going. It's like having grandma's, you know, pudding. You know what I mean? It is. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very nice movie, and it's well, it's nice because you see a whole community come together. Like even, it's even like when the survivalists like come back into the play of this movie because they also go and try and find help at some point in the movie. That's why they're gone for like the second act of the movie and when they come back and then they kill that one graboid and they're and they're like yeah well we'll come and get everybody and go get help again you know whatever and then you know it doesn't have and then the thing i love how the script is like forcing all the survival the survivalists and then the people you know it, it forces everyone to work together to get out of this situation yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think the final sequence where they go, they they all get onto the uh, the, uh, the they're towing out of there, and they're all in the back of the uh, that big, that yeah, and they're all in the back of like that little tanker thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get stranded there, and they're all just kind of sitting there, and Bert's like, "Well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do," you know, he's like. I'm gonna take one of these damn pipe bombs, walk out in that desert, and let you know, let them take me with them, you know. And yeah, and they're like Jesus, right? And then, and then finally, they're like, oh yeah, we got a pipe bomb. Yeah, and Earl's like, wait a minute, I got a damn idea here. And then they have that argument, and then finally, sucker punches them, and then you got Val running off with it. Because let's be honest, like, you know, you can tell that you know Val's the fastest one. He's a scrawny little wiry dude. And he takes off in that final sequence where it's just, I love the sound design of when they're rushing too, by the way, when the uh, graboids are rushing towards people. And it has that evil dead kind of camera. like it Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that sound effect of like, almost like an airplane where it's just, like the, yeah, and it's coming right towards me. It's like, come on, come on. Right? And then he just jumps out of the way at the last second. It just goes jumping out. Like, it shoots out like a turd. I know. It really does. It really does. And oh, it's going with that. Oh, uh, when I was a kid, and I still think this because I guess I thought this one. As a kid, when the graboid flies all the way, drops all the way down to the ground, explodes on the ground, I used to think that that was uh, 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 ravioli. 
don't know why, <laughs> but I just I thought it was ravioli that Chef Boyardee ravioli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Specifically Chef Boyardee. And it just all over the place. Like, yeah, what a fantastic ending. And it's a clever way to end the movie. It's, you know, you could have just done two another diamond stick, dynamite stick in there, but it, that's just a clever way to and it's a clever way to kill the monster. Like it's a big rousing way to kill the last one. And if you notice, that's the one that grabbed the truck at or grabbed Val and Earl's truck at the beginning because it has it's the one, you know, it's a damaged grabber. Yeah. Or a missing grabber. A missing grabber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you know, so it's been the smart one. It's been the one that's following everyone. And now it's it's having its comeuppance by you know trying to get Val, and Val's like, "Nah, I got gotcha, and jumps yeah. just as the grabber tries to grab him, and then it just shoots out, and it's like, ah, it's it's the best, dude. I I, I love it so damn much. I it's perfect. It is a really good way to end the movie. Um, yeah, I it's it, it's cheerful because it's a whole community coming together to solve a problem that's within their inner circle and they do it. Like they work they it's the town of perfection becoming perfection. Yeah, honestly, you know what? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They finally live up to their name, and it's also just all these different types of characters pulling together. You know, it's like a little snapshot of what America should be, you know, at its best, right? Is you got mm-hmm. like, the, you got like the, the right winger couple who are just super into the Second Amendment and all and, that. Yeah, and survivalists and like they're the um, bunker and storm, sh- storm cellar people. Exactly. And then Panic room people, the, yeah. Yeah, and then you got the college grad girl who's just an elitist and then you got the you got the two working dudes just trying to keep it together. Then you got the little family. You got the you got the, the single mom and yeah, yeah. You got the Mexican dude who's awesome in this, by the way. He is. He doesn't get a whole lot to do, but he's great. I I just think he's a he. I don't know. He just he's just another character that even though he's smaller, he just adds a lot of life and color to it. Um, and just seeing them all pull together and get this done, I love that so much, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you got the little the little Nelson Muntz little shithead character, uh, um, uh, Melvin. Brad. Melvin, Brad, Melvin. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, yeah, is <laughs> <laughs> trying to prank everyone, but yeah. it's just a little annoying little teenager. An annoying little teenager, and then you see him scared, and when you see him really scared, he's really scared. That kid does a great job with playing very scared. Also, he's the bully from uh, Monster Squad, if you remember. He's the blonde-headed kid in Monster Squad. Oh, is he really? You know what's funny? I've never seen Monster Squad. I thought you have. No, Philip has. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember you tell, I thought you told me once that, you know, Monster Squad was a five-star movie and I'm giving it like a four-star. Thought you did. Did I say that? Someone did. Someone told me I should have given it five stars instead of four. 
but you know that's here neither here nor it there. might be it might, you know i might have lied and said i saw it for some reason just to argue with you and i, I apologize <laughs> for that what a what a terrible uh impulse i have sometimes i could see myself having done that well i would like to correct the record right now and say uh you should have given it five stars and you were wrong and i've never seen it and i lied to you <laughs> and i apologize <laughs> no it's fine really uh but yeah i liked uh but yeah i but yeah that is it's just an 80s kid that i was like oh yeah because i was like that kid looks so familiar why do i know him i googled him and i was like well that's why he's a you know he's this recognizable kid from like late 80s movies so yeah it was interesting uh <laughs> excuse me um and then you know it's a really good movie it was a small hit a, um, but really found its liking on uh, or its audience through uh, VHS. Did you ever see the sequels to this? I saw, I definitely saw the second one when it came out, rented it from Blockbuster, uh, Aftershocks, Tremors 2 Aftershocks. And mm -hmm. that's the one where they now, there's, there's the original Graboids and then there's ones with legs that have like heat ray vision or whatever. Yes, they have their they have heat. They're much like they they much like the graboids are attracted to vibration. These ones were sensitive to heat. So the ending right. of that so at they, the end, they, hold on, I remember at the end they're stuck in that big like a uh, barn or whatever, and they cover mm -hmm. themselves with a fire extinguisher so that they can't be seen. Right, they have to cool their bodies down to start like a chain reaction that'll blow up the whole place yeah that's right also i i i don't know if i saw the third one i don't think i saw any of them after the second one i think after that i kind of tuned out i stopped after four and there's now six of them yeah there's six of them now and they're all with michael gross right yeah pretty much like i think it's like he carried the series at that point well, like I said earlier, he's kind of like the Daryl of this franchise. Right. You know, the likable, the the lovable, like redneck that that people can just go, that people can you know root for, sure, and get behind. Even though I don't think that's exactly what Michael Gross is playing. I think he's just playing more of that survivalist, like Quint character. No, he's um, just like I, I don't know anything about uh michael gross in particular but i do know that you know bert's just a good dude who's just trying to get these damn graboids out of the desert like he's just he's sick of them you know and 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 you know i think the second one is the only one where either val or earl returned and it was uh fred ward mm -hmm. but do you remember a couple years ago they tried getting a uh, a updated series going on AMC, I think, and it just they did not pick it up. But you remember it was supposed to have Kevin Bacon return. Yeah, so Kevin Bacon's kind of been on and off about his about this franchise. Like he kind of like at one point he said this was a low point in his fran in his career because he was like, "Why am I in this B movie? Or why was I in this B movie?" What? And and then more recently, he's kind of come around and said that, you know, he he appreciates the franchise, he appreciates the fandom, and he appreciates, oh, that's and, good. and he really did want to do a continuation of Val's character. 
um, in that you know show you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, but I don't, and I think it just came down to budget concerns. Like they were really, really close to doing it, and it just came down oh. to budget. That sucks too because I remember they made a. Uh, I'm sure they made a pilot episode because I remember seeing the uh, sizzle trailer for it and it looked so good. It just looked good, like a grizzled Val and and it just looked like they were going to do a like a Breaking Bad version of of Tremors. Like, you know what I mean? Like it looked like it was going to be treated like, with like, yeah. some like kind of like, you know, some just some good stuff was going to be going on in this show. And then I don't know, two weeks or a month later, I just saw something on, you know, the interwebs that said, uh, said it, that they had passed on. I was like, oh, it's such a bummer. I bet you that would have been, I think that could have been a hit, man. I think it could have been too. I don't know. I don't know exactly all of the details because it's been a year or two since that happened. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if it had anything to do with they wanted to do another movie or I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I just know that for Tremors, they just it just it just didn't come together all the way through. And um I just yeah, I just know that yeah, you're right. There was a pilot uh that was filmed, um, I believe. And yeah, it never, it just never aired, and, and yeah, no episodes were ever filmed. They made a sixty-minute pilot, and it just never happened. A sixty or sixteen? Sixty-minute, like it was gonna be an hour-long pilot. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought you said like they made like some extra short fifteen-minute or something. Okay, never mind. Um, like goddamn, dude, I, I bet I would like to at least see that pilot and see what they were going for, you know? Because it seemed like they were breaking some sort of tone between the fun of the original B movie and the sort of slightly darker sort of tone of AMC shows of the last decade or so. Like it looked like they could have done some really cool shit and I never say never, you know what I mean? Maybe they'll do it, dude. That would be so much fun or like some really cool updated one. Like Fred Ward's retired. I imagine at this point, like I don't even see him in anything anymore. Um, yeah, it, yeah. And as far as like for Bacon, as far as like Kevin Bacon trying to get on the other sequels, they just didn't have, they didn't have the budget. They didn't have, or the schedule. They tried to get Rob Underwood, the director of the first one to come back, but he was busy doing, I think it was either City Slickers or some other movie. Okay. City Slickers is one of my all time favorite movies. Also, like I have a lot of respect for Ron Underwood, mainly because of these two movies. I fucking love. Have you ever seen City Slickers? Actually, no. It's it's been like in rotation of my life, but I've never watched it. I I'd be curious to see what you think. I think you would also find it to be a highly enjoyable film, just like this one. It's not uh, it's not a monster movie or anything at all. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I don't know what why what monster would what kind of monster would be named City Slickers. But. Well, no. See, that's the thing is the monster in that is um, is uh, is Jack Palance basically. 
I think you'd really enjoy it. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's, I was just talking about that on the phone with uh, my dad. Uh, also, when we were talking about Tremors, and oddly enough, I did, I forgot that Ron Underwood directed both, but that's another one that is huge, dude. I, like, I watched that movie a couple months ago, and I hadn't seen it in a good five years or something. And it holds up. It's just a load of fun. It's 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 also really it's got some really touching moments, uh, like really well acted, well written, great moments. Uh, okay, I'll check it out because Ron Underwood has had an interesting career. Like it, he burst into the scene with this, and then he ended it a decade later with Pluto Nash. Yeah, man, I you know he would have kept making movies, but he directed Pluto Nash. Like, that's it, dude. Which sucks, too, because Eddie Murphy gets to have a rebirth. <laughs> I know. It's like, you can't even direct a fucking NCIS. You're just done in this town. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of that's on him. I mean, that the idea of Pluto Nash sounds more and more ridiculous as time goes on. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, Ron Underwood became a director of television, um, but that's pretty much been where he's at. He's not really directed a feature since, yeah, since Stealing Sinatra. That, that was, was his last movie, like the theatrical release movie. Interesting. He did, yeah. And then um, he's done... Santa Baby for uh, <laughs> for ABC Family. The tree. He, he. Um, yeah, he's just kind of been a direct, you know, TV director for hire. I mean, that, not that there's anything wrong with it, but still, it's just. No, that's a, hey, man, you know, that's a career too. And, and look, the guy made Tremors. The guy made City Slickers. Like the guy had a career and still does, you know. I mean, good for him, seriously. You he know, did he, the Mighty Joe Young remake. Yeah, he also did. Yeah, he did not do much. Wow. I mean, really, Flintoff really <laughs> fucked him up. It really did. Oh, apparently, he won the. He got nominated for a Razzie Award. You know, can I say something about the Razzie Awards? Real, they're quick? useless. It's not just yeah, absolutely, but it's not just that they're useless. It's also what a cynical, shitheaded, mean. This is a part of film uh, of the film community that I think we can all be guilty of, but that I really don't like is the. You made a bad movie, ha ha. And it's like, bitch, have you ever even made a movie? Making movies is hard. And I actually respect people who, like, I, I remember one time I was watching Masters of the Universe. And a bad movie, a bad movie. Grew up with it. You could have done worse, but yeah. It's, but it's, look, if you, yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, look, I enjoy that movie, but okay. Frank Langella really is chewing up the scenery in that movie. And Dolph but, Lundgren is, you know, really good. Uh, uh, um, you know, no, he's not, but it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, but it is a bad movie. And I was watching it with Alejandro and he had never seen it. And he was like, he was, he was making fun of it for a second. And then he like paused for a second. He was like, you know what? Good for them though. Making movies is hard. At least they did it. 
that's the way you should look at it is with appreciation. Okay, I don't like this movie. Okay, they missed. This is not the best movie. Fine. But this Razzie Award thing of like, and this year's worst movie goes to, and it's like, fuck you. You know? I mean, the Razzies nominated, here's how useless they are. They nominated The Shining. That's how useless they are. First off, how old is the Razzies? I didn't know they even went back to 1980. I think 1980 was their first year. And they nominated the show for what? Worst movie? I think it was Worst Director and Worst Actress. Oh, that's so shitty. That's another thing. Like, a lot of times they're like, I don't know, like they're kind of sexist bullshit comes out too where they're like she's you know she's just like you know and it's like what the fuck she's doing never be mad at an actor's performance in a Kubrick movie by the way because he literally just wants them to stand there like paintings so like if you're like this was a stilted performance no shit that's how it was meant to be a Kubrick movie. Like, blame the director if you hate anything in a Kubrick, or blame Kubrick if you hate anything in his movies. His actors are literally at the mercy of him. Literally. He's a madman. He made fucking Scatman Crothers cry because he made him do like 180 takes of a one word scene. Well, it, that and also he made him do repeat the same like scene where he gets like pummeled to the ground with an axe like a, a hundred times that was a thing it has that was the thing is like there's two there's two the two sides of that they're, they're, that's a spectrum right of how many takes you should do there's the kubrick end of the spectrum which is just do a thousand takes and then there's the clint eastwood one which is just one take let's move Let's do the rehearsal. Oh, we got it. We're good. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And there are times where you can see an Eastwood movie and you're just like, well, you could have, you know, you could have gone for two takes on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know, get a safety every now and then. <laughs> exactly. This is a major motion picture. What are you doing? Yeah, um, this is a movie where people actually invest money into this. It's okay to take. You know what? Who are we? I mean, the guy made Unforgiven. I'm not going to give him too much shit. Like the guy's still, you know, I mean, you know. You made a great transition from actor to director. And now that's all he does, even though he's like 91. Yeah, you know what? I, I love it. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be fucking 93 years old. and like a, I'm going to be in an iron lung on set, I hope. Just being like, okay, go again. Cut, print, you know, and then just die. Just like, love- just die in the middle of the set. Oh, God, he's gone. That's what, um, um, oh, God damn it, Kale, what's his name? Robert Altman? Uh, no, yeah. wait. Well, no, I'm talking about uh, um, uh, Akira Kurosawa. He was, and same thing with John Huston. These guys were like in wheelchairs with oxygen tanks directing their final movie. You know, there's something, I think that's kind of magical. It's like, you know, they kept doing their dream, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I would die and try or attempt to do a movie while I'm dying, but <laughs> um, but hey, you know, you never know. You never know. I never say never. Never say never. That's um, that. I think if you're gonna take any message from this episode, never say never. Because these people that made Tremors definitely didn't say ne- never say never. 
they definitely didn't never say never you're right <laughs> yeah um but yeah i really but yeah as as we get close to the end here i really like this movie a lot and i i think i will continue to rewatch these movies me too and i'll and i'll check back the sequels i just we kind of did this uh we just did this like we had this idea and we were like okay well well let's do it you know you know let's do it while, while we have you know the opportunity to do it and so i didn't have a whole lot of time to see the sequels so we might do a part two there might be a part two one day of this hey have but, me back dude i'll do i'll go with you for every one of these movies because i, I i'd actually be excited to go through the tremors series because like i said i've only seen the second one I don't remember it. I only saw it once. I don't remember if I liked it or hated it or anything. I just only saw it once. But um, let's let's do it, dude. This was so much fun. I this movie really means a lot to me. It's it, it's huge to me and my family. Actually, we we might go through a journey. All right, let's do it. And uh, and I think that'll be. I think. Do you have any more thoughts on Tremors for now? No, I would I would just echo what you said. I think this movie's a lot of fun. I think it's um I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, I really think you should get out there, watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. It's 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 funner than hell. It's it fun is, as hell. It's funnest as hell. It's the funnest as hell goddamn old movie you ever gonna say. It's about it's, big killer worms under the earth. It's amazing. Seriously, check it out. I I give it, I give it, uh, I give it an F. <laughs> For fun. For fun. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the only movie you'll see a hardcore survivalist admit, you know, unironically wear an Atlanta Hawks hat. No, yeah, and also, I mean, just to say it again, Reba is in this, y'all. Reba. She is so good in this. She's so fucking fun. She's actually, I think she's my favorite character just because she ain't having, she ain't taking no bullshit from Bert. She ain't taking no bullshit from Val and Earl. She's just a straight up tough gal who's like, she's here to do her business. She's also got a cool head under pressure. I appreciate the living fuck at a Reba McIntyre. And out of that couple, I mean, she's like, oh yeah, you know, we'll come and help y'all. We're coming. And then a bit before before the, they lose their truck but still you know she's like oh yeah we're coming you know don't worry everybody hang tight yeah you know and you I, it's just burnt down when bert's getting his blood up she's like i know i know he thinks he knows everything i know you know she's just like i just god damn and then she does the song at the end of the movie and it's and you know what pretty good honky tonk song yeah i i think i'm gonna have to watch the rewatch the reba show because the few times I've sat and watched her show, I really did like it. I've just never been like a re, I just never like committed to watching the full sitcom. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it actually. I mean, it was on all the time on uh, the WB or whatever back in the day, I guess CW now, but mm -hmm. yeah, that was, I mean, that was big. I just remember it was always on. I just, uh, you know, it was, it was always, you know, I didn't watch it. I was, you know, watching yeah. It. You know what would have been really fun, really great? What? We got the Golden Girls and Tremors. Oh, my God. If you had the fucking, if you had that bunch in there. <laughs> they would have solved it in 30 minutes. I, oh, man. Oh, just around the kitchen table, you know, having mugs of tea. They would have solved the whole damn thing. They would have. You know what? Here, I got a perfect pitch. The Golden oh. Girls versus Tremors. 
Golden Girls, yes, and and it's and it, yes, yes, and it's just a giant Betty Whitehead under Earth, ah, just coming straight up <laughs> with snakes in her mouth. <laughs> and she, you know, she, you know, she's gonna try to sleep with, you know, well, Bert's gonna somehow come in, and then she's gonna try to sleep with with Bert. Okay, first off, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he with her, her with him? It would have been, I stand this couple. Yeah, but, you know, but really, Bert's really, really into uh, Dorothy. I could, wow, you're a Golden Girls fan. Look at you. I, you know what? I'm an unapologetic fan of the Golden Girls. Like, guys, of course, I get it. I get, I never, I, I saw, it used to be on a bunch, but I used to watch instead of that, I used to watch, uh, what was it, Grandma's House? What the hell was that show with like the little tough talking Southern granny? God damn it, what was that show? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. What was it, Grandma's House? Hold on. I think, I think, no, that ain't it. That's some fucking, no. That is not the movie. God damn it, what was that show called? Ah, forget it. Grandma sitcom. Come on. Mama's Family. Never seen it. Oh, Mama's Family was funnier than hell. God damn, you'd love that shit. Yeah, Mama's Family. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, we could sit here talking about uh, sassy old women all day, and I'm here for that, but uh, I got to go walk the dog and some stuff like that. You know. All right. Well, all right. So with that, uh, Michael, you said you had a podcast earlier. Where can the good people find it? Uh, Slash Movie Podcast now. It's uh, available on uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're sponsored through Anchor, so you can go to anchor.com and be able to check it out, or anchorfm.com, anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, yeah. Anywhere you get your podcast, look up Slasher Movie Podcast now, and uh, you'll enjoy it. We're about 16, 17 episodes in at this point. We've covered a lot of the classics, Texas Chainsaw, you know, the first couple Freddies and Jasons. Um, uh, did y'all ever get to scream? Oh, we did scream. We did scream, but remember, you were supposed to be on it. But I think we either started too late, or or you became available at a time that wasn't work. I forget it. I might have been on us, but we got to get you back on. You've been on for a couple episodes, and it's been great. But you guys have really, you know, you guys have really introduced me to some really good horror films. I really like the Texas Chainsaw one. So good. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, actually, we just did. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which uh, is... I hear it's good. Oh, look, I actually really enjoy it. I think it's an enjoyable film. I is have, it like Tremors? Actually, oddly enough, Texas Chainsaw 2 is more like a Tremors than it is like the original Texas Chainsaw. The original Texas Chainsaw is manic and frightening and odd, and it's shot very disturbingly and realistically. The second Texas Chainsaw, he was trying to make a, a horror comedy and he doesn't really make it. It's not actually very funny. It's not actually very scary. It's more just kind of, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's kind of relaxing in a weird way and it's weirdness. I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I feel like real heads would know what I'm saying here, but I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so anyways, you can find us anywhere. And again, that's Slasher Movie Podcast Now. And that's also on Twitter, right? The no, I canceled. No, we're done with what? Twitter. 
I can't do Twitter anymore. I'm done with it. Oh my God. Trump's off of it now. No, after a year of doom scrolling and pandemic and yeah, Trump's crazy ass. I know he's gone, but I felt like, to be honest, man, I was actually the one who was running the Trump account. That's why. I, uh, oh, okay. That yeah. makes that makes total sense now. It started off as a joke. I didn't know it was going to turn into a whole fucking presidency that was that awful. But you're yeah. so you're going to claim all of the. Oh God! I don't want. Oh to. no! Dude, I look. I was just kidding around, and it got out of hand. <laughs> oh God. But no, we had a Twitter, but uh, it's, it's, if you can find it, but I don't even remember the handle for it. And I just, I've had to step away from it. It was, it was not, not conducive to my mental well being. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's what Twitter does to you. It makes you, you know, run a, run an account uh, for Donald J. Trump, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Very, very weird like that. Um, We'll have to talk to Jack about that later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah um but yeah so thank you uh thank you i don't know when the next retrospective will be but uh thanks everyone for listening we're still continuing on with the podcast um uh thanks everyone uh, you can find me on twitter at movie kale and all of mike's links uh his anchor page will be you can find the link um down there below on the ground. but where do they come from i vote for outer space no way these are local boys you see they're hated right force no richter scale can measure it they're coming no scientist can explain it Bert, they're under the ground didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Megaworms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors.